Welcome to the Staying Golden podcast, where we'll be catching up with Laurier alumni to give the Laurier community a glimpse of what the future may hold after graduation. We would like to acknowledge that Wilfrid Laurier University and its campuses are located on the Haldimand Tract, traditional territory of the neutral Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. Welcome back to the Staying Golden podcast. Um, I'd like to welcome Devin McElroy, Laurier Brantford class of 2009. So thank you very much, Devin, for coming on today. Um, it's going to be the second episode of the Staying Golden podcast. So um, first, I'd like to ask just how are you? Doing well. I mean, uh, I think we're all trying to navigate this pandemic a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping well. How are you doing, Riley? I'm great. Just um, navigating through midterm season and getting ready to go into the final stretch of the semester with a lot of papers to write and stuff like that. I but, vaguely remember that. Yeah. I know that's a fun time, right? Yeah, very much so. Nice. Um, so, of course, I can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your schedule to make an appearance on the podcast. Um, we're really excited to use this as an opportunity to give Laurier students a glimpse at what the future can hold um, beyond university. Um, so with that being said, you currently work at uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, MLSE. It's a pretty prestigious organization. Um, you've worked there for about eight years, um, two different positions. So tell us about your roles with um, the organization and how you got there. Um, well, I actually, so yeah, graduated in 2009. I actually started at Hewlett Packard uh, um, selling servers, storage, and networking. So uh, kind of back-end data center stuff. It was a um, operations role and then moved into a sales role at HP. Um, and then about two and a half years into that, I, I got an opportunity to, um, to get a job at MLSE. Um, I actually was applying for a role at MLSE in parallel to working at, at Hewlett Packard. And it took about two and a half years to get, get my foot in the door and get an interview. So um, it required kind of that balance of, of uh, staying present in the hiring manager's mind at, at MLSE and, um, but, but not being a nuisance, which I know kind of coming out of school, that's, <laughs> that's a tough thing to, to navigate. It's, it's, it's tough to figure out that balance and not be too pushy, but yet, yet stay relevant in the minds of, of uh, hiring or, or employers. Um, so yeah, I ended up getting a job at MLSC as an account manager in our executive suites department. So my role was um, solely to go and sell all of the corporate suites at, uh, at the time it was called the Air Canada Center. Um, so working with corporate clients um, to, to sell them kind of sell them uh, our, our private boxes and they would use them as a business tool as a way to evolve their their brand and their company um and yeah that was my role and and frankly like the first four to six months uh i didn't sell a thing it, it took me a long time to kind of get into it and it, and it was a it was a, a definitely an eye-opening experience but uh but it was a good one so I, I did that for four years in sales specifically and then i moved into a manager role and got an opportunity to get into leadership a little bit more, which which um, I, I've really enjoyed. Um, so I've got a team of three people and work under the premium department within our ticketing umbrella at MLSE today. Um, and I help kind of do the, the fiscal planning for our suites business. It's close to a $90 million business that plugs into a $350 million uh, ticketing business. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's been awesome learning kind of the business side of it and really learning the financial side and the strategic side in addition to kind of the, the sales experience that I have. So uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun for sure. So you said ninety million dollars is like what? Or the, the, just the suites alone? 
Yeah, it, well, roughly, it's evolved quite a bit since I started. I mean, um, it started, my role specifically when I started was focused solely on Air Canada Centre uh, luxury suites. And as things have evolved, uh, we've, we've, we've evolved our product offering. So we've opened up uh, more of a live premium business, um, which has kind of opened up a revenue stream for us. Um, and we tried to kind of offer some flexibility in terms of what types of products that we have in market. Um, so more kind of intimate hosting options that, that have kind of created uh, uh, some different opportunities, not only at now Scotiabank Arena, but also at BMO Field um, and also at, at Budweiser Stage and beyond that. So it's, it's evolved quite a bit. But yeah, it's roughly a $90 million business all told. I didn't, I honestly wouldn't have guessed that it would be making up that much, that large of a chunk of um, all ticket revenue and stuff like that. So pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously you, I know you were the cap, the captain of Laurier Brantford's hockey team for about two years. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have to assume that sports have pretty much always been a big part of your life. Um, Yeah. But was pursuing a career in the sporting industry, the goal all along, or did you have a few other paths that you were considering before? Honestly, I found out about the job at MLSC through a friend that uh, his dad worked for the NHL and it was actually at a beer league hockey game. He kind of said, Hey, like um, there's an opening at MLSC. I know you're kind of looking for different opportunities. Why don't you give it a shot? And, and uh, that's kind of how I opened my eyes to it. So um, the answer to your question is no, it wasn't really, um, I didn't even really know a job like this existed, frankly, com- like when I was in school, I think I, I had a very traditional view of companies and business. And I thought about marketing and finance and, and all the different kind of, um, you know, uh, standard kind of parts of, of what makes a company run. But I, 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 I didn't think about, um, you know, being in the sports industry and being able to turn kind of a business career into kind of a sports career as well. So, um, there are a lot of jobs out there like that, 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 you know, at least for me, it was hard to kind of visualize those when I was in school, but the more you, you, you kind of come out of school and the more you meet new people and network and, and learn about uh, different industries, you, you start to kind of realize how many cool, like niche, different types of jobs you can do. You know, sports has always been part of my life, grew up playing hockey and soccer. Um, you know, I, yeah, I was the captain of Laurie Brantford's hockey team, but I think that it was largely an intramural team and, and we had some charity hockey games uh, against Mohawk, which were a lot of fun. Um, so it wasn't, wasn't varsity by any means, but it was definitely, uh, it was definitely a fun time. So yeah, sports has always been a part of my life, but um, to build on that as well, it's, uh, you know, it just cause I'm passionate about sports. It doesn't always mean that it's going to lend itself to a sports industry, for example. So I can talk about that a little bit later, but it was, uh, it's been an interesting learning for me on that as well. I think it's pretty interesting. Like you said, you met, um, you made connection at a beer league hockey yeah. um, with a beer league, like hockey league. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. I think that's a pretty unique um, networking experience right there. So For definitely sure, right? keep that in mind. I think networking can happen pretty much every, anywhere and everywhere. That's a good, that's a really good insight. I think it's, you know, people look at networking sometimes and think it's very manufactured and like you have to go and seek this stuff out and often it's just about being open to things and, and like having your eyes open and being aware about things and, and, and they'll come up. So I, I think that's a really good point, Riley. So you got your bachelor's in organizational leadership and contemporary studies. So can you give me a brief rundown just quickly about what the program entails and then how your education at Laurier has um, helped you in your career path? Well, yeah. So organizational leadership and contemporary studies is is a very broad, broad subject. And I learned that going through school, you know, and I think when I was choosing where to go and what to do coming out of high school, 
I felt a ton of pressure. And I think a lot of people can relate to that in that, uh, um, I thought there was like a, a right or wrong answer. Um, meaning like if I choose this path, it could be, you know, it could be the right one or it could be the wrong one. Or if I choose this other path, it, it might be right or wrong. But what I've learned is like, there's really no right or wrong with these decisions. It's just committing to a decision and, 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 you know, and going full on and, 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 uh, um, pursuing it. So, um, that was the first thing for me. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of direction in terms of what I wanted to do coming out of high school. I didn't know I wanted to be an accountant and that's what I was going to follow. Um, I knew I wanted to be successful. I was ambitious. Um, I, I knew I liked the idea of business. So this this program appealed to me because it was it was very broad. It was very foundational in terms of the transfer, transferable skills it offered. Um, I was taking courses like power, influence, and negotiation. Um, you know, obviously there's some marketing aspects of it as well. There's there's huge HR uh, project management courses that were involved as well. So they were very much transferable type of of courses. Um, which frankly, like coming out of school, it, it was a little bit hard in terms of um, how broad the, the subject matter of my, my degree was. I, you know, it was hard for me to kind of really narrow my focus. But once I've gotten into my career, I got my experience at HP. And now like eight, nine years later at MLSE, I've really found that it, it, it's helped me kind of navigate the, the corporate hierarchy, um, you know, our organizational structures, uh, those types of things have, 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 and now just being in leadership, frankly, it's, it's given me some good insight as well. So would you say like, um, you know, post-university, the, the degree that you have, there's a little bit of wiggle room between, you know, what you study in school and then what you pursue as a career? Absolutely. Yeah. And again, like, I think, you know, that pressure uh, that I talked about, it, I think it really lives in people as they go through school feeling like this is the end all be all. And, and like, you know, I, I, I'm taking this course, so I'm going to be in this this place for the rest of my life or this is the path I'm on. And you quickly learn that um, it, it's not the end all be all, though it is a really important time in life to uh, to be able to kind of learn to 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 work within people with within teams, work with people, connect with people. Um, uh, think critically about things, think beyond surface level. I think that, you know, I know that's very broad in the way I'm speaking about it, but, but really, as I reflect, I think those are really the, the important things. There's, there's a lot of theory and there's a lot of, you know, an academic component, which is obviously very important. But, um, you know, when I take a step back, it's really, it's how did I approach that theory? How did I approach that academic component? How did I work with, with, um, you know, my teammates to get those projects done? Um, and who are the people that I stayed connected with and how, how have we kind of evolved after school? So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the experience that I had. And, the, and as I reflect, that's, that's the stuff that has really benefited me now in my career. Cause I know that, um, you know, personally, I can relate to a lot of students that, you know, I'm in my fourth year right now, my final year, I'm about to graduate in the spring. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely nerve wracking when you think about, you know, the, you know, pursuing a real career now. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really it puts the mind at ease a little bit to know that the program that you pursued in undergrad isn't always going to be like a determinant of future success. You yeah. know, you can always change, you can always switch lanes a little bit and try and pursue a different, um, a different avenue in your mm -hmm. career. So it definitely helps to know that. Um, so you've been working with MLSE for a while, mm -hmm. um, about eight years, like we said earlier. Um, so I assume you're relatively happy with your role, but I think it's still worth asking, is there a next step for you in your career or in life in general? Like, do you plan to pursue a promotion, any sort of different avenue within the organization or in life? Do you, do you have anything else you want to do? Do you want to travel? Do you want to, 
Um, I don't know if you have kids, but is that on the radar anytime soon? Stuff like that. So what do I, I don't know, you know, again, it, you're constantly learning um, as, as you go through and, and my experience. So, you know, to go back to when I started at, at Hewlett Packard, um, you know, I'm not a technical person by nature, yet my first role at a school was selling um, business critical servers, storage and networking to, I think at the time that the accounts that I was on was RIM and Rogers. And this was like, in my mind, like super technical, uh, you know, I was working with solution architects every day to try to figure out these configurations that would would help. And obviously, I was very green to the the corporate world. And you know, if I take a step back and and look at that, um, you know, I, I at surface level, I wouldn't have enjoyed it. You know, I wouldn't have chosen to go down that path. Yet I did. And looking back, it was really important for me. So I think when I talk to people, especially coming out of school, they have this view that like. You know, I, I don't want to do that because it doesn't align with my passion or it doesn't, you know, it doesn't uh, it, it doesn't feed into kind of the narrative that I have for myself moving out of school. Um, but I think it's really important to just opportunities that come up. You can find your passion within those opportunities, even at even if at surface level, it doesn't look like they're going to be uh, it's going to be perfect for you. And that's what I found at HP. And I found that I had to learn how to work with our strategic pricing team. I had to learn how to work with our solution architects and all of you know the technical kind of language that they spoke. And then I had to learn the distribution channel and learn how to manage and, and work with the um, kind of the, the end user. And, and uh, that was invaluable for me. And it, it, it provided a stepping stone to then get into a, a realm that was um, a lot more aligned to my passion, a lot more kind of aligned to sports, which, which I, again, I grew up playing. Um, and one, you know, funny story is, you know, at HP, I was, I was in eight hours of training around like pro curve net networking. And it was like this really super technical stuff. And I honestly had a really hard time with that. You know, some people really enjoy it, but I, it was really hard for me to focus. And I remember the first couple of weeks at MLSE, uh, we had, Leafs training and we were talking about the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs and and for me um, you know I it was a lot easier for me to stay engaged so that's one end of it I mean at HP I I, uh, I learned that I could find my passion with a within HP at MLSC it seemed like oh this is going to be a perfect fit for me because I grew up playing hockey and soccer and sports and it's supposed to be aligned and everything um, but it's a similar learning at MLSC in that you know yes it's sports yes it's fun um, it's a sexy industry and it's cool and you can go work games and events and concerts and that's amazing. But at the end of the day, it's also work. And you're also, you're still in Excel spreadsheets. You're still doing things that might not be completely aligned to your passion. So all that said is, is, you know, you're going to, you're going to do things in life and, um, you have to find the parts of those things that, that get you excited and, and that get you passionate. And, and you have to have like the mindset that allows you to do that um, and don't turn yourself off to it. So um, that's kind of what I've learned with, with, with uh, MLSC. And, and uh, I, I, in terms of what's next, I mean, uh, I'm in middle management now. I've been in middle management for, for five years, almost six years now. And a lot of middle management is really interpreting kind of the senior leadership's vision and then operationalizing that for for the for for your team and the broader team, and um, it involves a lot of you know Excel spreadsheets or PowerPoint decks and presentations and and uh, again working with different stakeholders within the company. 
Um, but I do feel for me, like I, I feel like a, a director role potentially I've had conversations about that. Who knows if I'll even come close to it at some point, but I do think there's an element of being able to set vision and think kind of um, about the broader narrative, think about the bigger picture, uh, think further into the future about how things kind of should unfold and, and will unfold. And I really enjoy that, that part of it. And um, so, you know, if there's opportunities that come up from a director level, then, then I'll pursue that. But one thing I do know is I also, I, I enjoy the leadership component. I enjoy working with a team. I enjoy coaching and offering different perspective. And, and um, you know, that, that's, uh, that's stuff that I'm learning about myself every day as well when I, when I go into work. And it's not always like, just because I played sports, uh, you know, I should be a perfect fit at MLSE. But uh, it's also like, okay, you know, I'm learning a little bit more who, uh, learning a little bit more about who I am as a person and what really my passion is. And, and hockey is cool. It's great. Like um, awesome. But who knows if that's really what my passion is. I think the leadership component and the coaching component for me specifically is something that really um, gets me passionate and excited. So I'll look to continue to pursue that. And um, you know, I, I should just say if any students, if anyone's watching this and, and want to connect um, I'm happy to, to chat further about kind of my experiences and, and, uh, and beyond that. I think you touched upon a lot of really great um, insights to consider. Um, personally, I, I can kind of relate to what you mean in terms of um, like your experience in your career has really um, given you the opportunity to learn a lot about yourself. And that's what I felt has been the biggest growing, um, the biggest growth that I found within myself during university is just learning about myself. And like, obviously I'm still learning about things while I'm in school. I'm learning about the, you know, the content in my courses. But I think just the entire overall experience has just been about learning about myself, um, learning about where I, how I work best, um, the best environment for me to be productive, and just about how I, um, how I approach tasks, how I approach every single day, um, and just you know getting an organized schedule, especially this year with everything being online, um, yeah. it's a lot more, um, it's a lot more about how I drive myself to get up out of bed every day, sit down at my desk five feet away and, you know, work away, um, attend my lectures online. Like there is no campus to go to every day. Yeah. Um, so I've definitely learned a lot about myself in the past four years. Um, and it's given me the opportunity to really grow as a person. So personally, I can really look forward to that same experience on a different level um, when I start pursuing a career in whatever field I end up going into. But yeah, thank you for those. Those are very good insights. I think a lot of us can really consider those. Um, as we're all going forward through our university careers and our um, careers post-university as well. I just want to stop you on that. I do think that's a really good point, Riley, about it, just that example of having to, to stop and, you know, you were, you're going to classes in person and now like this pandemic came and you all had to kind of adjust and work online and we all had to do that, right? And taking the, the approach of like, okay, how am I going to motivate myself to, to get out of bed and being forward thinking and future oriented versus focusing on the past Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's really important. And I think that, you know, you're, you're viewing that as, as an opportunity versus something that's like an obstacle. And, and that's really important as well. Cause like realistically um, just throughout university, you know, first year was really rough for me and I yeah. think it's rough for a lot of people. And I'm sure that that's the same way when, you know, um, you pursue your career, you know, the first few jobs you have might not be great or the first role you're in the first mm -hmm. little while might be a little rough. There's going to be rocky roads and, I think it's just, it's good to just focus on, you know, the things that we've overcome um, and just staying resilient and, you know, being optimistic about the future and what it can hold. Um, 
So yeah, I think there's a lot really to consider more than just, you know, the success that you achieve in that role, but also, you know, the ways that you grow from the experiences that you, um, that you have in whatever role, whatever situation you're in. So I would just, I just want to ask like, just briefly, what kind of advice would you give to students who aren't exactly sure what the future holds, um, especially in the turbulent times that we're currently experiencing? So um, some people might be worried about, like we just talked about their degree that they're getting right now. Um, it might feel to them as if it's not going to take them down the path that they might be considering pursuing now. Um, I know that a lot of people will take a, you know, a degree in some sort of arts program and they end up wanting to pursue finance or wanting to pursue something in, um, you know, in the tech field. So what kind of rough advice would you give to people who are kind of on that, on the fence of what they want to pursue? I think this is a, a really important moment for, again, for all of us, and especially people coming out of school. Um, you can view this as something that's going to hold you back, um, but you're going to be defined about uh, with how you kind of acted in this moment, right? Like this pandemic's hitting, this is gonna be something, it's in the history books. And I know we're talking about this specifically, but, but it's because it's so relevant right now. Um, you'll be defined by how you you manage this scenario, right? And and part of my advice is to be acutely aware of what your failures are, be, be aware of, of the things you struggled with, because in my experience with getting different roles at MLSE, um, and even at HP, just through the interview process, the, your ability to articulate your failures and your struggles, and then the evolution from those to finding success, that's what really connects with people, right? I mean, you can go up there and check off all the boxes and talk about the results you have and the A papers and, and you're, you know, being a, a dean's list student and all of that. And that's awesome. But tell me about, you know, what did you struggle with and, and how did you like push through that in order to be successful? And, you know, I've got stories around, like, again, I talked to you about not making a sale for the first six months. You know, my, my director of sales was a big Englishman. He had like a, he, he a, you know, he's just fast talking and witty. And I came in, it was kind of my first real type of sales job. And I was like, oh, uh, that's what sales is. I got to be like Lloyd and I'm going to use his real name. Maybe he'll see this. Uh, I got to be like Loiter. Like I got to be really fast talking and, and, and smart and quick. And, and so I tried to be like that. And I think that it, it wasn't truly authentic to who, to who I was. I took a little bit longer to process things. I navigated conversations a bit differently. And until I learned that part of it, I wasn't as successful as I could be. So, um, you know, once I started to learn that, I started to hit my stride and, I, and the sales started to come in and, and uh, I found a bit more success in that role, which was great. So that, that's an important piece. I think, you know, looking inward versus looking outward, you know, when I, if I'm hiring somebody, it's very apparent the people that look inward. And if I say, listen, you didn't get the role. Um, and they say to me, fully understand, like, what can I do better for next time? Like, how can I, how can I progress for the next opportunity that I get versus if I say to somebody, you didn't get the role and they say, well, you know, I'm, you know, I think I should, I should be, you know, I'm, I should be successful here. I'm, I'm the best candidate, you know, this person shouldn't do it or this it's external forces that, that control it versus looking inward. Right. So I think you can apply that type of logic and, and thought process to a lot of examples in life. So that's important. And storytelling is really important as well. And, you know, I can ask you about some of your best moments in university and how you choose to tell me those are, that's really important because that leads to connecting with people, right? And, and I think um, connection with people is, is paramount. And so if, if you ask me about how I get into MLSE, I know I kind of glossed over it and I said I was at HP. 
But if I tell you that it was November 29th, 2011, and I was driving on the QEW in a U-Haul, and I was moving out of my parents' basement, I had just kind of graduated university, I was at HP at the time, three interviews in at MLSE, pouring rain, moving into my new house, and I get a call from the director at MLSE, at MLSE in suites, and she said, hey, can you come down to the ACC, meet me at Starbucks? And I said, uh, well, I'm unshaven, I'm not in a suit, like, I don't know if I can if I can, you know, come down there. She's like, yeah, don't worry, just come down. So my friend and I drove the U-Haul down to Maple Leaf Square, parked the U-Haul in Maple Leaf Square. I went in, I got the job offer. We went to Real Sports, had a celebratory beverage, and then we we drove the U-Haul back to my new house and, uh, and moved in. And I'll always remember that day. And I, I've told that story before, and I just feel like it's, it, it enables people to kind of picture what happened versus me just saying, yeah, I got the job and, and, uh, and it's been great. So find ways to really um, illustrate your stories and, and bring them to life and connect with people. And I think that um, that will ensure a little bit more success, especially in, in the interview process and beyond that as well. I think that's a really, really great point that you made about, you know, telling stories and connecting with people. Cause I think often you know, personally, I can say this, uh, when I look at the idea of, you know, pursuing a career, going to job interviews and stuff, oftentimes I'll look at, you know, I might feel that my resume or um, my skills might be a little bit behind or might not be completely compatible with the role that I'm considering. Or I might feel like, you know, I still have a lot to learn. There's a lot for me to um, improve on before I'm, you know, qualified for a certain role. But I think it's important, like you said, to consider the fact that not everything is going to be about the tangible skills. It's not always going to be about, um, you know, what you can do right now, but about proving to the people that are trying to hire you that, you know, you're a good person, you're compatible with them as a person before mm-hmm. you're compatible with them as an employee or as a worker. And I think that, like you said, it's it's all about, you know, connecting with those people, telling them a story that they might be able to relate to, letting them know that, you know, you're a human, you're not a robot, you're not yeah. just meant to work, you're not just meant to, you know, produce, you're meant to, you know, you're going to connect with people in the workplace in ways that stem beyond just what you guys are doing um, specific to your role. And I think that's a really, really important thing to look at. And I think it eases the mind a little bit to know that if you have a, you know, a good personality, you're a, um, a talkative person or a, um, you have strong interpersonal skills and that can make up for any sort of lackluster skills in other departments. So. Yeah. And we all have, we all have our own strengths, right. And we all have our own kind of personal skills and some people are a bit more kind of, um, you know, uh, overt and, and outward in terms of how they, they, they uh, connect with people. But I will say kind of the, the more we evolve from, especially from a, a technological aspect and we're in our phones and in our devices and, and whatever we're on zoom all the time. And the more saying hi and the more connecting with people and the more saying like, how are you doing? Those types of things are going to become, uh, I know it's simple and I know it's cliche, but I really genuinely believe at my core that, it's really important to continue to ask those questions and connect with people on that level um, because that's, you know, people will remember that and, and that serves you well in the long run for sure and serves them well as well. So um, honestly, I can't thank you enough for coming onto the show. Sadly, uh, we're pushing time right now, about to going to have to wrap it up soon. But again, um, thank you very much for coming on the show and providing us with some valuable insight. Um, and I, I really, I really do think that this podcast, um, as we go along throughout the year, is going to be a great opportunity for alumni like you and um, the lady I interviewed last um, earlier this week. I, I really, really hope that this is going to be a good experience for me, but also the people that are listening to the podcast to really, you know, get some insight on 
just like going forward in life beyond university and how it's going to be turbulent. It's going to be a little bit, there's gonna be some bumps in the road, but you know, we came this far through university. And if we, you know, look at how we've um, overcome different types of adversity through this career, I think we can apply those same uh, skills and um, learning experiences in the real world. So thank you very much again. No problem.